young black. Young black. A young black. Black. Black equestrian. 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 Black equestrian. Equestrian. Black equestrian. I'm a young black equestrian. I am a young black equestrian. <laughs>
make a request in your you know relationship with your horse while you're riding or while you're on the ground so it was a really really powerful event people had a lot of good takeaways from that event so i am bringing it back this year with all new guests a little bit of a different format uh but all the more transformational despite so next you are going to hear the uh the recording from Nashan's day at the diversity on horseback conference in 2020 and I really hope that you enjoy apologize ahead of time if the uh, audio is a little bit different obviously it was a older zoom conversation and um, I believe some people joined via phone so thank you so much for tuning into this episode today again remember to make sure you're on the email list so you're the first to know when the tickets go up, it is going to be free, but you still have to register. So make sure you go to youngblackequestrians.com and put your email in the email box so you're one of the first people to know when those tickets go live. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast player as well as over on YouTube. And I will see you next week. Welcome, everybody, to day three of the Diversity on Horseback Equestrian Mental Health and Mindset Clinic. We have, this is our third day. Um, On the first day, if you missed it, we spoke with Brittany Chambers, who is there, she's waving, (laughs) about uh, communication, the dynamics of communication. And we went over three of the different dynamics, horse and rider, trainer and student, and then horse to rider. Yeah. So, um, that was pretty cool. Um, we learned, you know, how to effectively communicate there and how to effectively communicate any distress or anxiety that you have with your trainer and work through it with your horse. Yesterday, we spoke with Ashley Nash. She is a mental health professional uh, that talked to us about clarity and some different exercises we could use and um, different ways to kind of cope with the anxieties we may have developed uh, from different situations on horseback or with horses. Uh, So we ended that uh, session Uh, coming up with mantras for ourselves kind of either in our daily lives or right before we go riding to kind of make it so that we have the best ride that we can possibly have. So today we have Nashawn Cook with us to talk about connection and I'm so excited to have him here with us today. So welcome Nashawn. Thank you, thank you. So if you would, um, just go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody and kind of give us a little bit of background before you get started. Sure. Um, so my name is Nashan Cook. Um, I, I, you know, I, um, I, I, I'm a dressage, I'm a dressage trainer and a, a practitioner of horsemanship. 
Um, I am a teacher. Um, I'm learning to be a businessman. <laughs> can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. I just didn't want to interrupt. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, and so that's that's basically my spiel. Um, I've taught, I've taught, um, I've taught in a few places around the around the world um, as a as a coach and a horse trainer and a competitor. Um, I've taught in uh, in Asia and Europe, uh, in the United States, and uh, now my family owns a small uh, farm uh, horse farm. Uh, here in Parker, Colorado, um, where I'm based out of. Yep. Well, that is super awesome. And if you haven't already after this, you can check out Nashan's episode uh, that we have on Young Black Equestrians, the podcast. It is a very, very interesting episode and you get to learn a little bit more about him and his journey and, uh, you know, how he got to where he is today. So, Thank you so much for coming, Nishan. Um, I will go ahead and give you the floor. Thank you for having me. And also, if you could just uh, time. Um, yeah. Just so there can, so that the questions that want to come in can. Um, so I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to riff off of, um, you know, off of connection, uh, with connection. I'm going to kind of riff off of. Um, Brittany's uh, her the 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 communication between the trainer and the student, the communication between the rider and the horse, and the communication between the trainer and the and, and the horse, because there's a really big beautiful circle um, there. I think that a lot of um, I think people's connections with their horses. Um, lay a lot in what their purposes in riding are, what their goals in riding are. Um, I think that, I think that, you know, people come to horses for many different situations and reasons that come through it from, for their therapy. Some people come to it for sport. Some people come to it for pressure or pleasure. Um, some, you know, for me, I, I look at it as I look at as as the riding part as a general just um, piece of of taking care of them in the practice of horse husbandry. So, um, you know, I think that the majority of the work that our that we come to um, the majority of the work that we do with our horses um, is not when we ride; it's when we are caring. Them and loving them and um, spending time with them and uh, and 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 earning their trust by their care by caring for them and and with training being a, being a part of that um, care um, so that is uh, kind of how I look at it. Um, I think that I think that um as a teacher I see huge amounts of anxiety with a lot of horse people with a lot of riders and there is a um there is a, a Dutch dr 
dressage master named Bent Brandrup. Um, and in his book, The Academic Art of Writing, in his epilogue, um, um, is my horse is my mirror, which shows my good and my bad moods unmodified. Look into the eyes of your horse, but don't be afraid to see the truth in them. Who are you in the eyes of your horse? And I think when I come, that that is where my connection um, with, comes from. I strive as a horseman and a teacher, and I, I try and uh, 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 impart this to my students that you know whenever your horse sees you, they should always expect good things. Right. And I think that and, and I think that, you know, culturally we have um, we have built an idea of um, of horses in service of people. Um, but I like to flip that on on the on uh, around. And I think that, you know, I think that I think that when we when we serve our horses, when I serve my horses in my care, when I serve their people, um, in the best way possible, or people who come in trailer in, um, my love for my work is expressed in 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 my love and respect for them, and how I teach, and how and the considerations that are taken. Um, and so, I think that for students under the tutelage of a trainer, I think that a trainer or a teacher has a huge responsibility in setting an example um, as to how correct behavior. Um, around horses can lead to really, really wonderful performance results. Um, so I think one, um, I, I work with horses that, that a lot of people have trouble with. So my personal horses are, are, are rescue horses from the kill pin. Um, one of them is a high school horse. Uh, Nova, and then I have my two younger ones, and um, and then my brother has one, and you know, and I think, and all of these horses have ended up in my care because people didn't hear them, right? And I think that I think that I think that um, being successful um, in in your relationship with horses, whatever it is, it it it, it it's a change of, of, of it's kind of a switching off of thinking as speaking and kind of turning on thinking as listening because you know horses they speak um, very very clearly and very very precisely um, they communicate very clearly and very precisely um, in ways that we first learn to observe when we begin to when we begin to work with them and then as time goes on you begin to feel this you begin to feel them and you begin to trust their feelings um, you, the feelings that you get about certain horses um, sometimes they 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 for me they they work in images I can have a dream about a training problem and the answer comes in a dream and I go to my barn and and um, and that and that answer is the right one, and we're able to move on in the training process. And when I present this idea sometimes to people in lessons and clinics, like a lot of people come with a whole lot of disbelief that we can get so much from the work with our horses by first observing the breath, 
right? I think Brittany talked about um, mindfulness, um, you know, observing the breath, um, uh, uh, focusing on something to help the anxiety go away. Um, once that practice, you know, using the, the, the technique of mindfulness meditation in the saddle or in hand or whatever it is when you're working your horse, using that technique, um, once you move past that, there's a school of meditation called Vipassana where, um, where you begin to feel these, you begin to feel tension in your body and instead of trying to get rid of the tension, you focus on it and you see what is there. Um, you see what, what emotions you're finding in this space and time, in this moment with your horse and you then you you then from the exploration of emotions you begin to you begin to see what thoughts um are triggered by these feelings and if we go back to Brandrup's idea of horses being our mirrors when we when we are tense in a certain situation and we expect horses to spook in the corners 9 times out of 10 they do um and so you know it's just becoming aware of the body aware of the breath, aware of of the space and time that you're in and 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 creating the space, opening the door for uh that you want the horse to walk through, right? Um if at any moment uh caveat here, pause, if at any moment um anybody has a question or Abriana or you all have questions, please feel free to interrupt me and yeah and, uh and, yeah and uh and ask them to kind of just guide me because sometimes my mind my mind just riffs <laughs> <laughs> okay um, um so um is, is this making sense so far yeah yeah it definitely is and it definitely said uh or ties into what we spoke about uh over the last two days so yes 100 percent. The, the i you know and i think that and i think that you know one of the biggest issues to accomplishment of goals in riding is fear, right? I think that I think that that's that's one of the that's one of the biggest things. And one thing that um, you know, one thing about fear that um, is really important to understand is that it's a learned thing, you know, and that and that and that when we are afraid, when we are afraid, and we are working with our horses, there are walls, impenetrable walls that are, are put up that doesn't allow us to move. And I have found, um, I have found that instead of, you know, trying to, you know, push people through, I have a student um, who has a ritual with her and her horse that they go through, they lunge for a bit, and then they walk around and do in hand work, and then they have this treat ritual that they go through when she's on the mounting block and getting ready to mount. And 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 I've found that when I allow that that to happen, the work, the actual lesson, um, is absolutely brilliant because she has begun to identify where she is locked in her body, where she's locked in her mind and been able to stay in a safe space for her and her horse to work through and process this. So I think that it's important 
one as a teacher in helping people develop uh, a, a, a true connection with their horses, one validate what they're feeling. Um, and and when you validate what someone is feeling, you are being courageous enough to say that, you know, what I see may not be the correct thing about this situation or that, you know, this lesson really isn't about me, but it's about them and setting goals aside that you have for them and, and, and starting where they're at. You know, I think that these are all really, really, really important. Um, these are really, really important uh, things to keep in mind uh, when working with people um, from a teacher perspective, from a trainer perspective, um, in my relationship with horses. Um, I love I love spending time with them. I love taking care of them. I love um, observing them. And I love understanding now more and more that you know, um, a lot of the issues that uh, happen in work are usually not because of work, right? So um, it's really important as a trainer of horses to develop an eye for observation um, and, 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 and spending time with the horses to see how they behave. So I have a horse, Mohawk, who... I found out was a had qualified for the Breeders' Cup, um, and she, you know, when she was young, before she ended up in the kill pen, she mm-hmm. qualified for the Breeders' Cup, and in the springtime and the summer, she rubs her tail out. She just rubs, she rubs her butt. She was war she was wormed. The vet couldn't figure out why this was happening, and there was just this particular spot where. Um, where she would rub, and it was it was it was it was it was short, and she'd rub her hair out, and then you'd go into her stall in the morning, and she'd put her butt right at the stall door entrance, and want you to scratch your butt and go from side to side, and I was like, well, you know, and at first it started off as an aesthetic thing, it started off as an aesthetic, and I'm like, oh my gosh, she looks really really horrid with this piece of her tail you know, missing, how can I get this to, so I went and bought conditioner and all of this stuff, and still it didn't help the the promise that the conditioner have, you know, did, you said it would solve, it didn't, and, um, and so I shaved her, shaved half of her dock, I shaved half of her tail up top on the bone off, and, and she yawned, and, and I had noticed that she was beginning to eat more food. She was beginning to eat all her dinner. She was coming to work more relaxed. And so, you know, there's all of these, there's all of these things that, that, you know, when horses are, um, when you have horses that have histories of trouble that, you know, they, you know, the, the, they sometimes let you know what the problem is. And if we trust it and go and, 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 and take the hunch, then we can pretty much figure it out. I don't know why she wants her, she didn't want her tail not shaved, but, you know, it because she was eating, then the ulcers went away and the relaxation happened and all of this stuff. She was drinking more water and she was more comfortable in her body. Um, from a standpoint of all of this, though, whether you're teaching, whether you're um, training, you know, I think that the most important thing, you know, as a, as a 
as a figure and authority in both situations is that you know the goal must always be to, to be correct as possible even if you even if even if you, you you don't win right even if you're not right right um and i think that the more you the, the, if you study you know for me the academic art of writing you know taking courses from you know the very beginning all the way up to the you know grand prix and then the high school like if you up to the grand prix standard and then the high school if you if you if you if the further along you go the the more and more your roles change right in the beginning as a young trainer you think that the horse is here to serve you and blah 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 but then you understand like like there's nothing there's there's there there the horses can't progress if we don't change roles right if we if we if we don't trust the wisdom that they have inherently in their body and trust how they show us that they feel comfortable and free and happy in a movement um then they won't grow you know what i'm saying right um and that is um and i think that that's a that's that's a really a really really important thing um for me in my space so i don't i don't teach very much but I, I i dedicate my time mostly now to training courses so that i can care for them and, and study them and and when i do teach pick up on the subtleties of it um because you know 90 percent of horse problems when we're riding them comes because one we are not breathing right mm-hmm. and two because our timing is off and our timing can't be on if we're not breathing, you know? Um, so like, you know, you know, so one big problem that a lot of people have is keeping his neck down and their back up. Right. And, and, you know, usually when we do that, we are not, when, usually when the horse is doing that and when they're inverted and their back is hollow and their neck is up in the sky and our elbows are straight trying to get them to bring their head down, we're not breathing below our rib cage. We're not filling up our lungs. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, and, and, and so we have, we have, we have postures um, that we are unconscious of that the horse is responding to and we're trying to correct the horse not knowing that the answer is that we're the problem you right. know um and so there's all of there's all of these things and and you know a big part of growing in relationship with horses especially performance horses who are who who want to do the work it's an understanding that you know, when they do something wrong, if we don't go to blame them right off the bat and we really see the process that led up to an undesirable answer, nine times out of ten, it's us. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, 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 and a big part of the a big part of connecting and is is the clear communication. And if we're telling them, if we're telling them something with our, our, body that's different than the aim that we have in our mind then we're sending them a double bind message and all they can do is lock you know mm-hmm. um and and then from there we begin to go into for you know sports performance horse injuries kissing spine stifle issues ex hockey joint stuff you know we have all of these things that come that come about um that that a lot of competitors unfortunately 
think is just it just comes with the nature of horses doing demanding work um, when it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, another part of the connection with as a as a, you know as a trainer of and rider of horses is varying up the work, making a a, a schedule where they have different things that they do during the week. One so that they don't lose motivation for the work and 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 tune you out. And two, so that all of the muscle groups in their bodies work and nothing gets over, you know, overstrained. Um and so just showing 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 that, you know, you know, showing the respect and the love and appreciation that you have for your horse by 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 not harping on the same thing all of the time so they stay motivated, um, it keeps them interested in you. <laughs> um, you know, so I think that that's a, that's a very, that's a, that's a very, um, that's a very important, um, key. Um, so we've done the student. The trainer, so it was what the the horse and the rider, the ride, the trainer and the student, and what what else was the third thing that you talked on on Friday? So it was, it went from kind of like the rider to the horse, the horse or yeah. the rider and the trainer, and then the horse to the rider. The horse to the rider, so the circle. Yeah. And I think that that's the thing. Uh, yeah. And so I think that that's the thing that that's that that's super important. Um is that, you know, the training process is a collaborative effort. You know, everybody everybody comes to that situation with the wisdom of their bodies, with the wisdom of their lives, and with everything that the world outside of the work puts on them. I think that it's super, super important in a lesson to sure that it is a safe space where people or horses or students don't feel like they have to protect themselves from each other. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a very, very, very important thing that the space to grow and look foolish and ask questions and um, make mistakes and, and, and make corrections and celebrate, um, progress is Mm -hmm. is that that's where that's where it happens you know because you know a a, a positive environment is 90 percent of the key to 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 positive growth right the the the, the next the 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 other 10 percent is the actual work but there's just so much heart there's so much heart work that goes in to to creating a space in which horses and riders and teachers feel safe working with each other. Um, and if and if by chance it doesn't work, I think that that's also an important thing to know that like nobody can be wrong, but it just, they just don't jive, you yeah. know. Right. Um, and and in understanding that you know sometimes the best thing you can do um, is make a referral. <laughs> You know, refer them off to somebody else who, who you may, who you may, um, who you may, who may work better for them. Uh-huh. In the 
grand scheme of things, though, you know, and I think that now is a perfect example of that, what is happening in the world affects what we bring to the barn. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, sometimes if a barn is a community of care, which I believe all barns should be, but which most are not, um, I think that it's important to be able for people to, for trainers and students, to be able to talk through the parts of life that may be keeping the person unable to connect with their horse in the lesson, to be able to lay the burdens down at the door and leave life outside of the arena. A lot of people don't have those skills to do that by themselves. And so I think that this is where, um, this is where, you know, the trust between the teacher and the student is so terribly important. Because if, if, if students come in to work thinking that they can't talk to their teacher, and then they get on about what about about what's going on in the world, because it's important to understand that when that when stuff like this happens, like it's a trauma that we all experience, and to be able to talk through that before the lesson begins will save a lot of undue stress and unnecessary correction to the horse. Right. You, does that make sense? Yeah, and yeah, I think no. that that, and and I think that this is this is where, this is where it's so terribly important for our, the work. The work in my barn is is in service of horses. That's what we do, and like, and 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 like yesterday we talked. Me and one of my students we talked about what was going on for almost forty five minutes before the lesson. Mm-hmm. Right, because 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 one, I don't want the horse to take on everything that is being brought to the situation, and so we talk. And two, because you know, it's important for students to know how to give voice to problems that they're having. Mm-hmm. And if they can't, if they don't have voice, if they don't know how to give voice to problems that they're having outside of the saddle and don't have the opportunity to talk through it, to try and put a language to it so that it can be identified and worked through and resolved, mm-hmm. then how are we going to do that with them on a horse? Right. How are we going to say this is what you this is what the problem is? Please tell me what you're feeling. If they can't come to the situation outside of the saddle, not feeling like they will be judged for what they don't know when their feet are on the ground, they will not be able to do that if their feet when their feet are in the stirrups. Yeah, they just will not. And then it turns into a performance. And, and the worst thing that anybody can do 
when they're trying to learn something is to feel like they have to perform and not ever get the answer to the question wrong. These are all things, and it goes the same way for horses. Horses that are afraid to make mistakes because they are punished when they do will explode or break down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. And so, and so, and so, and so when a, 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 a environment of openness and curiosity and, 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 and fun, but deep respect for the work and the tradition of the work and the individual practicing that art within that tradition is respected, then connections are made because people feel safe enough to respond and not react. That is the biggest inhibitor to any relationship, be horse or people reaction be being reactionary mhm right mhm and so you know this and so and 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 so this is this is kind of the space that i work i work in this is how horses and people heal in my barn mhm but this awesome. it's the intention it's the intention that i have for this space you know, right, and, and you it's said understanding, that yeah, and it's understanding that, and it's understanding that if the work is to be correct, then love must be the constant, it must be the only constant from 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 mucking the stalls in the morning to doing the work in the afternoon, mm-hmm. it all must come from the heart. To where, to where, to where, to where every being involved feels safe being who they are in the most useful expression possible. And understanding that in coming to this space, in coming to this space, in coming to this space to build on, to, to build on the parts of, of, of the work that are affirming and life-giving then we begin to get brilliant work. Then we begin to get everything that is that is prized in the show ring naturally. Because horses and riders feel good in their bodies and minds enough to give it to each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And like that's in in the 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 grand scheme of things, that is what an ideal partnership between a horse and rider is that they feel safe enough to take risk because they know that they're safe in each other's care. And that starts before the riding lesson. Mm-hmm. It starts, it starts, it starts in being super particular of the quality of hay they eat. It's it's understanding that if a horse doesn't feel comfortable with a certain farrier, you find another one that they feel comfortable with. Right. It's them knowing that they can trust you to hear them when they speak. 
you know, because horses really only have two volumes. They have really quiet or really loud. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And if we can keep them in that really quiet space, if we can keep them in that really quiet space and mold their bodies in such a way that the work with you becomes a reward because they just feel good. Mm-hmm. Then, then if training that horse for somebody else, the person, the owner of this horse relaxes because they begin to know that this is what their horse should feel like in the work. Right. And when the horse, when the horse comes to the work with a quiet mind, they give you body. When they give you their bodies, you have all this power to sculpt. And, 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 and our job is to stay open enough in our mind by following our breath, by seeing where we're tight and seeing what that tightness is symbolic of, motion is this representing right. or excuse, <laughs> right? Yeah, that too. And ha- <laughs> yes, and having the courage to call it what it is. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And making people and growing people, growing people, human beings, by teaching them the process of identifying uncomfortable situations and teaching them effective ways to work through it and not diminish the quality of the worker expectation that I put on them. This, this is how we make good riders. This is how we keep horses sound and make good horses, but this is also how we contribute to the healing of the world because we are, we are, we are helping people understand that, you know, freedom is choosing what you want to be responsible for. If your horse is a total shit show, what you bring to that situation, you're choosing to be responsible for that you know, and, and, and which is what the horse is using as information for what he thinks he or she thinks you're asking him to do, him or her to do. Yeah. Right. If you bring chaos, you're gonna get chaos. Yeah. If you bring peace, it will truly come because that is the true nature of horses. Yeah. Peace is the true nature of horses. We have a a question. Um, Yay! Hallelujah! Okay. Okay. How can you maintain the partnership if your time is limited with your horse? You can maintain the partnership if your time is limited with your horse. I would say I would say that one of the biggest things would be what is the goal of the partnership, right? What 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 is what is the partnership? built on what are the goals for the relationship with this horse um i think i think one um being as consistent with what you bring to the table as possible i think um what i found and and i'm sure that people will agree but not using horses as something that you dump all of your um, unprocessed emotional baggage on Um, because there are studies that have been shown um, that, you know, um, and, and signs and symptoms 
of horses suffering post-traumatic stress disorder just like people, you know? I mean, and so for horses in therapeutic riding situations, which is what a lot, you know, even though, even though people, a lot of people aren't in therapeutic riding programs, that's what horses are, right? It's, it's yeah. making sure, I think that, I think that, um, you don't offer anything emotionally to your horse that you can't hold and process before you give it to them because they, we do. And depending on the temperament of the horse, sometimes that is, if they expect that, if they expect that from you all of the time, that then, then the work will suffer. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I think that that's, and I think that that's an awareness that I think that that's the awareness for me that's really important. Like if it's a, if it's a, if, 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 if it's a performance goal, put them in work with a trainer um, who understands and teaches from a pedagogy that you um, agree with, that is safe for you. Right. If your time is limited, make sure that your horse is being taught in a way that you can understand first and then do second. Yeah. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. If you can't understand okay. the trainer, how do you get the result that they're asking? Right. And then and then you have you have what you know ninety percent of the performance horse industry being. You have these really wonderful horses that the trainers can ride, but the owners can't. Mhm. Mhm. You know? Yeah, we have another and, that, and I mean Yeah, yeah. Um so we we had a poll going on um at the beginning right before we um got started. The question was um when do you feel the most connected with your horse? The options were on the ground, in the saddle, during grooming or we don't have much of a connection. So mm-hmm. we had we had equal amounts of people feeling a connection with their horse in the saddle and during grooming. Um, but mm-hmm. as far as groundwork, there were not very many people that uh, felt connected with their horse uh, on the ground. Yeah. So how does that, how yeah. do we get that translation, that connection on the ground, also in the saddle or vice versa? So, you know, the work from the ground is a study of the hands, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, um, and and the work of the hands is the art of sculpting a horse's mouth, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, and so, you know, and I think that, and I think that, I think that, um, I think one groundwork is important. And, and it's a worthy because it's a worthy endeavor because there was a study that was done in Germany that by default found that horses who's, who were in who did groundwork and were educated from the ground um, first went into the work under saddle with a lower heart rate. Their stress levels were lower. Mm. So I think one that is that is that that is that that for me is one thing two um 
the ground is where you earn your horse's trust. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where that's where that's where they see how you respond in a scary situation. And if we go back to Brent Branderup's epilogue, it says, you know, my horse is my mirror, which shows my good and my bad moods unmodified. Mm-hmm. Right? And so if the wind blows when you're walking past the door by the arena and your horse jumps, but you don't respond and you keep on with the work, your horse will learn that, hey, they didn't respond when I was in a scary situation. And so then I know that I'm safe with them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I would say that groundwork is, I I would say that, you know, and I differentiate because I'm a nerd uh, between groundwork and and work from the ground. So I think that groundwork is like round pinned work. It's like the join up stuff. But then but then the work from the ground is like long graining where your horse can do the, you know, you know, you, you're, you're doing the long grains, you're teaching piaf passage, you know, you're, you're, you're working, you're working the horses understanding by teaching them where and how to isolate their bodies when you're, when you're not in the saddle. Yeah. This is where, this is where the voice comes in and understanding the tones that make your horse hot or make them calm. You know, I mean, you know, the, 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 the study of a horse from the ground is the study of the horse's heart, of their emotional self, mm-hmm. because you get to observe how the environment affects them. And then you get to observe how, when the environment affects them adversely, how you can in a more effective way or a, a less effective way to respond to an unwanted stimuli, the stimulus. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So that's, 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 that for me, that's the bridge, mm-hmm. you know, and I take, and, and, and I do, and, and, you know, and even with groundwork, you know, my, my personal horses, they have a day of long grain work where they, where they do their dressage from the ground and then they jump from the ground and then they have a day of lunging and, or they'll long line around the heels of my farm. And then they have a day of trick training with pedestal work is also work on the ground, which for like rescue horses or horses that are super skittish, you know, it's all just relationship building. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that that's, and I think that that's the purpose, you know, like I said, when we, when we kind of move our ideas of training, a, you know, around of what the horse can do for me and, 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 and kind of say, what can I do to make the horse feel more comfortable in my presence? Then the possibilities for training open up. Right. And you realize that there's a whole there's a whole body of literature and practice in 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 like trick training and circus work, which is incredible for horses' confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. so like currently right now, my personal horses, my mare is not interested in the least, but my geldings like there. I have a roundabout around the arena in my building or in my, on the farm where trailers can go in and out and so the challenge this last week was to teach them that we've been working on the target training and so now they can walk around the road they can walk around the road outside with no lead rope or halter wow 
Yeah, with the ground and the grass and all of this stuff. And so, you know, it's all of this. It's 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 them knowing that you know, in a situation like this, in a situation where we're not confined to the safety of the school, like I, I can still be calm and relaxed. Right. You know. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, changing up the environment. Yeah, change up the environment, but also making sure that even in the change of environment that you're a steady, you're a steady um, point of reference for calm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the, and I think that that's what, I think that that's what groundwork is, you know, groundwork is, that's where groundwork is super, super important. And, and, and two, and like rehabbing courses, like, it's really important for horses to know how to do groundwork because like if they have injuries and part of that injury, you know, rehab program is before you are able to ride them, you, you have to lunge them. It's really important to not just use as a, a tool to tire your horse out before you ride. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's always, it's always preparing them. It's always preparing, you know, it's a practice and preparation for if things aren't perfect and they do get hurt or you get hurt, they can, you can, you can still work them and continue to progress in the work. Right. Right. So, we you have, know, um, yeah, yeah. We have a few minutes left. Um, is there anyone that wants to unmute themselves and ask any questions? Um, Vanessa says, thank you. That so resonates. I've been riding horses less and took everything back to the ground. It's changed everything in our relationship. That's awesome, Vanessa. Yeah. Anybody else have any questions or complaints? <laughs> complaints about their horses? Or me. I don't know. No. <laughs> I mean, I just want to make sure that I just want to make sure that I was clear. Um, yeah. No, I think that I think that I think that the most important thing to understand for me is that you know um, one of the most effective ways to be a a safe space for your horse is to take care of your heart. Mm -hmm. Do the work to take care of your heart. Yeah. You know, have a practice, have a practice, an exercise regimen, a meditation regimen, yoga, you know, something, something that allows you to free yourself from the weight of life sometimes. Mm-hmm. We do. You know? Yeah. Um, Avery says, what's an exercise that you would recommend everyone do with their horse? I, I, I what would be the goal? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the goal for that would be. I don't know. I mean, that's a big question. What I would say, what I would say, what I would say is just one, you know, a big part of horses being willing to work with you is making sure that they're comfortable in the work. So making sure that the tack fits, if you have a young horse, you know, making sure because their heads grow, making sure that the bridle is adjusted accordingly and the bit isn't too small. If you have an older horse, may, understanding the structural changes that happen in the mouth as they get older with their teeth, making sure that the bit is still comfortable. Um, 
you know, these are these are these are these are these are things that you know that that um, will will help things get better. The care, the care that you give in preparation will help the um, the care that you give in the preparation will will really help the the quality of the work once it's time to work, right? It's like a transition, like a good, a good transition from, or a good, a, a, a good transition from trot to canter is always in the preparation of the canter from the trot. Like if you just push your horse into trot or into canter from the trot, and you throw it on the forehand, the collection will be lost. And then we start doing damage to the body. So it's in, it's in the preparation for whatever we want that, usually gives us a really good leg up on whether or not it's successful. Right. Right. That's understandable. It's all about your it's it's it's, it's education. It's education. Mm-hmm. You know, it's education. It's 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 education and this is why the classical systems of work of schooling a horse work because there's a first, second and third grade, you know? all the way up to postgraduate work, right? Like you have the training level to Grand Prix, then you have the heirs above the ground. And you can't reach one without going to the other. And if you try, then the holes of what of what you skip will begin to show up because the horse's body is not prepared. Right. And when their body is not prepared, their minds shut down. Mm-hmm. Time is Time is your friend. That's the exercise that you can do. Take time. Yeah. Take the time that it takes. Mm-hmm. And don't listen. Be, don't don't be greedy. Yeah. You know? Someone said and listen. Huh? Someone said and listen. Take the time and listen. Take the time and listen. And so that's what I said. You know. And and and, and I and I and I think that that's the that's the thing. Like you know, a love built up. And to build up something, you have to listen to you have to listen to what it needs. Mm-hmm. You have to understand, you know, in the in, in the in the in the impartation of the information that you're trying to get the horse to comprehend, you have to understand how what you're asking the horse to do makes them feel, mm-hmm. because that is how horses go through the world. They they go through the world feelingly. You know, they're not intellectual creatures. In that way, in that regard, they're not intelligent. But in matters of the heart and trusting what they feel and re- and responding or reacting out of that space, depending on whether they feel safe or not, they are genius. And that's where the lesson that they have to teach us comes from. If we can learn how to trust what we feel and if we can learn how to respond without doubting ourselves, Mm-hmm. Right in a way that is effective, then we begin to understand the language of horses, and then we begin to connect with them clearly because our motivation is peace and not ego. Right. Does that make sense? That's that's perfect. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Do you have any questions for me? Um, well, the second question was one of my questions, but I will just give you a, a scenario that kind of was surrounding my question. Yesterday, yeah. Caitlin and I went downtown to the um, 
Black Lives Matter or the uh, George Floyd protests um, in our yeah. hometown. And um, it was it was funny to me because I know my horse, but you know, the arrow on the ground that tells you to turn right and to turn left became a horse eating arrow. And, uh, and the crosswalk, you know, was going to swallow him. So, <laughs> so I got off and just, yeah. walked, just walked us and, you know, walked us through it. And he's like, Oh, here we go. That was great. Oh, all the, oh, it's all fine. It's great now. And we yeah. stood in a crowd of a ton of people and it was just like some people walked past us and were startled like three quarters of the way past us because they didn't even know the horses were there. That's how quiet yeah. they were standing, which was, which was fantastic. But um, yeah. I feel like that my relationship with my horses, horse on the ground is so much better than when I'm in the saddle. So I know that yeah. that's a challenge for me. Yeah, and 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 that's because you trust your body when you're you trust your body more when your feet are on the floor, mm-hmm. right? And I think that and I think that and I think that that's a scenario that all of us that all of us in, in, until our practice until we trust our bodies enough to hold us when we're in the saddle. I think I think that that's that's the you know it's natural enough for you not to have to think about what you're doing when your feet are on the floor, right? And the challenge and the challenge with riding is that we try to use our brains to figure out what we're supposed to be doing with our bodies mm-hmm. instead of using our bodies to just try and figure out the process. Because every riding problem that riders face is always one of position. And position problems are always predicated by thought. This is where I think I should be and I can't breathe here and I must have my elbows in and my butt out and my stomach in and blah, 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 blah. And when we do that in our head and we have this perfect ideal that we're riding towards, our bodies move. Mm -hmm. And when our bodies don't move, our horses lock up and they resist. Mm -hmm. You know, because that's the language of horses is biomechanics, direct movement and energy. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and if we're not allowing, if we're not allowing, I mean, it's kind of like that, that common misconception that when you're riding your horse, you're supposed to pull your stomach in and chuck your seat bones forward. And then you do like little lower ab crunches every time your horse moves. And the horses that are ridden like that, oftentimes, at anything faster than a walk, oftentimes will not relax their back. They oftentimes can't go on a longer rein. You know, they oftentimes don't come through because the seat, the seat, the seat must move. What the seat bones must move up one one at a time, up and down one at a time, with the horse's hind legs coming under your when the horse's hind leg is under their body. So when their hind leg is under your body, it pushes your hip up, and like in the walk, it gives you this really, really, really like cool figure eight feeling. Um, and when you're trotting, it's like you're jogging and when you're cantering, you're like skipping, depending on the lead that you're on. But there's that, there's just like that common misconception that like a good seat means you shove both seat bones down into the, into their back and push Mm -hmm. like that's, 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 and, 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 and so, you know, and I think that, I think that that more than anything is, and, and, and then, so if you push with the hands, then the second thing you begin to do is pull, or if you push with the seat, the second thing you can begin to do is pull with the hands, right? right? And, then, and, and so, you know, I, 
that I think that that's another thing is is proper is proper writer education mm-hmm. because there's a lot of problems that can be fixed in a relationship between a person and their horse with the rider understanding just, you know, what they're supposed to do. And this goes back to the effectiveness of the teacher, mm-hmm. right? It's understanding that like, you know, if you close your toes, your hip flexors lock, you know, if your hip flexors lock, your horse is usually stuck in the base of the neck and won't lower their necks down. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's these kinds of things that, that are, well documented in 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 the literature that people just need to make the time to read you know and i think that and i think that you know kind of kind of kind of like kind of like all of this stuff going on in you know in in you know i'm going to rephrase that it's knowledge will overcome the fear when you know how to respond effectively, you're not afraid of not knowing what to do. Right. And as you practice that more and more and more, it becomes second nature. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that that's the thing is that the, you know, and, 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 and like the way that you you responded to your horse going through the crosswalk was super, super good because like it let you know that you built this relationship in a way that if he can't find the answer in the way that you're asking, you can backtrack and make sure that he, and explain to him what you're trying to get him to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which goes back to that study, right? When they're introduced to new information from the ground, their stress levels go down. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. You um, know, towards the end, we were, we were headed back. And once we got out of the crowd, I was like, all right, I'm going to hop back on them. So I, we went under this little building thing where there was a spot where I could stand on it and kind of get closer to the saddle. And um, as I was getting into the saddle, he starts to climb up onto the, the block that I was standing on. And I was like, wait, no, (laughs) no. I understand you think this is what I want, but please stop. <laughs> He's like, yeah, oh, yeah. You need to get up here. You want, you know, oh, we're climbing up here right well, now. Okay. I'm like, and no. So, and so then my question to you is how did you develop that relationship where you understood that your horse was trying to offer you something and you were able to respond in such a way that you were able to say, no, I know this is what you want, but not now without punishment. How did you get there? I tell everybody is, well, since I've had him since he was six months old, we spent the first two and a half, three years of his life doing stuff on the ground. Mm-hmm. Anything I ask him to do, if I'm on the ground, he will do it. Yeah. Period. So you, um, you've built that relationship. Yes. Yes. I mean, we yeah. have gone through, you know, ditches and gorges and rivers and stuff. Well, I didn't always get off, but um i know that if i'm on the ground he will do it so i think he thought you know oh this is another th- you know she got me over this white thing on the ground oh now we're gonna climb up on here and he was he was just it's like safe. yeah yeah and he, I was was follow- like, he was he was fo- he was following your lead and, mm-hmm. and 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 so like that exemplified that that 
if you would have told this story in the beginning, I would have had nothing to say. Mm-hmm. Because that's, that's the purpose of this. You, you develop a relationship in such a way that your horse feels safe enough to ask you questions. And not only ask you questions, but offer you something because, you know, they know when they try something new, if it's what they want, they get rewarded. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's giving them that space to try, to try. And that's what makes successful horses. That is the key to making any horse possible. You teach them how to try. Mm-hmm. And as a teacher, that is the that is that is that is the key to making riders better. You teach them that it is safe to try. And just like I said, hey, I know this is what you think I want, but I don't want this. Come back here. Mm-hmm. That's what a teacher of people must do. I know this is how you think you're supposed to ask for this, but when you do this. How does it make your horse respond? If it's how you want the horse to respond, what else do you think we can do? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and it's this, it's this, and it's this, and, 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 and just like you have that relationship with your horse, it's important for teachers to feel, it's important for teachers to create the space for their students to feel comfortable enough to engage in the creation of that relation, that kind of relationship between the two of them. Yeah. That is the key to progress. And will everybody reach Grand Prix? No, that's not everybody's goal, Mm -hmm. you know, but, but, you know, they will be safe and successful in trying new things, Mm -hmm. which is important whether it's the crosswalk or a new show ring, you know, like it's, that's, 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 that's the goal of the work. Yeah. It's not to, it's not to do anything to be right. It's to be. And I think that so the person who asked, how can they make their relationships successful with their horse when they have limited time be, be in your body when you're with your horse. Right. Don't go in thinking you're going to do this and that and this and that, because then that totally diminishes the possibility of your horse saying, you know what, like today my back hurts. And I would much rather just hang out. And they do when they have the room, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but, you know, I could go on for days. I could go on for days. (laughs) I know. And I love listening. I, I. I love it so much. I love it so much. I I, I love it with all of my heart Mm -hmm. because I know that when it's practiced with devotion, it, it heals every hurt that life can throw at you. This relationship that we build with our horses. Yeah. And to be able to love something that deeply is the most precious gift in the world. You know, that is the truth. Yes. Yes. So I, I really, 
I really appreciate it, but I think we're running out of time. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, um, if you want to let people know where they could get in contact with you, um, if they have any follow-up questions. Yes. And and so a horsemanship page that um, on Facebook, the Sean Cook Horsemanship, where um, there, you can message me. My telephone number is there. Um, It'll take me a few days usually to respond um, because I like to read and think about stuff and make sure that I give an answer that's sufficient. Um, but I have a ton of resources that I can um, suggest about everything that I've talked about from rider mechanics to liberty work to work on the ground and the different traditions they're in, um, you know, um, because, you know, I mean, building healthy horse is a really worthy endeavor you know yeah it's a really worthy one so um yeah that's where people that's where people can get in touch with me and I would be happy to help in any way that I can you know feel free to reach out awesome well thank you so much and big thanks to everybody who came today who's been with us for the last three days i hope that you gathered something from this entire experience i know i have thank you for tuning in to young black equestrians the podcast be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast player as well as over on youtube and you know what do me a favor leave a review over on apple Podcasts. Doing that makes it so that this platform and this content get shared with Black equestrians all over the world. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode, and I will see you next time.